Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Today, you will hear a message from our very own Pastor Richard D. Dobbs, entitled, I Made It So That We Can Make It. In this message, he talks about how sometimes we need the ability to trust God to give us divine instruction to defeat the enemy. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered and equipped by today's message. The book of Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32 reads as follows. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Read the last part. When you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Based on what I've read to you, I want to talk to you from the subject. I made it so that we can make it. Make it. I want you to look at somebody and say, I made it so that we can make it. Point to yourself said, I made it. And point to your neighbor so that we can make it. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word this morning. Pray that the word of God will have free course and that your lives would be changed because of the word of God. Father, we pray you continue to feed us with knowledge and understanding of your word. And we bind the enemy right now, cast them out. Thank you for your anointing and your power, your mercy, your grace, and your love. Thank you, Father, for a word for, for your people and for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. <clears throat> Go to your Bibles with me to Luke 22. You'll look at verses 31 through 34. Luke 22, verse 31 through 34. I know we've read the introduction, but I want to kind of give you a, to give you what's happening in this particular time that we read this text. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you. Now, to give you a picture of what that looks like, Simon, Satan has asked for you. You. Satan asked for you. The Lord Jesus Christ and Satan are having a conversation. And in the conversation, he didn't ask for John. He didn't ask for Matthew. He didn't ask for Luke. He asked for Peter. I want you to picture this in your mind for a moment. You a good parent. You a powerful parent. You know what you can do. You know you got and, and you know you got all types of arsenal in your repertoire. Somebody knock on your door. And you go to the door. You know what you got in your household. You know how powerful you are. You know what you can do and what you can't do. And you open up the door and there's Satan. And you look at Satan, and you're like, what you want? I want to take your son, Peter, and just beat the living daylights out of him. I want to beat him to the point that he can't see straight, that he can't function, he can't operate. Now, in a natural sense, if somebody came and knocked on your door and asked for your child to beat him, I wonder how you will respond. I wonder would you be like, oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad you want to beat up my child. In fact, here he is right now. You know the opponent. Because you've dealt with the opponent over years. In fact, you've whooped this opponent over years. You know he can fight them. You know, he ain't no, nothing to mess around with. And then you going to send your son, Peter, over to fight this opponent. And you know, Peter, he can, he can fight a little bit, but you know, he's no match for Satan. He's no match. You know, Peter can do a little something, something, but you know, Peter, you, you fought this man. You fought the opponent before. You know what he can do to a person. That one Bible, excuse me, one part of scripture says he come to steal, he come to kill, and he come to destroy. You know he ain't playing. 
Now, some of us, we say, I, I know you to come to my house asking for my child. And you say you're going to whoop them too? I mean, you don't want to play with them outside. You literally just want to whoop them. And you know your son all right, but you know he ain't no match for Peter. I mean, for Satan. You know, they got to fight. You know, in natural circumstances, he would, I mean, your child would not stand a chance against Satan. Or if there was a bully out there, and you know that bully because the bully was up and down the street beating up everybody, would you send your child out there to fight that bully? I want you to notice God, Jesus' response. Well, Peter, I'm going to pray for you. Y'all didn't get that, did you? I'm going to pray for you. Now, hold on. Jesus, why didn't you just shut the door on him? Why didn't you just, you know, Peter said, you know, I can handle him. I can handle him, God. I can handle him. I can handle him. Because look what he said the next verse. In, in, in the next verse, it says, it says, but I pray for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have turned to me, strengthen your brother. But he said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Oh, you don't know what you're asking for. You think you can beat this one up. Oh, but this ain't no, this ain't no your regular everyday opponent. This is, as we talked about the other day, an arch enemy. One that knows your moves. He knows your moves before you even bring them up. He knows what you're going to do. And, he's, and, he's, and he, when he, he said, well, I'm going to pray for him. Well, why don't you give me something to go out and fight him with? Why don't, in fact, why don't you handle him so I don't have to handle him? But notice what he says, I prayed for you. Notice what he prayed for. He didn't pray that he would, he prayed that his faith would not fail. He's going out there fighting Satan. He's not fighting his demon spirits. He's fighting Satan himself. Satan's been around since the very beginning, since Genesis. He's been fighting people for thousands of years, human beings, and have been defeating them. In fact, even today, you know Satan has been defeating individuals in your neighborhood, at your school, at your workplace. Satan is no nothing to play with. And instead of him saying, you know what, I got this for you, I'll fight your battle for you. I'm going to pray for you. Ooh-wee. You would almost think that would be abuse, wouldn't it? That he would not be a good parent to send his child out to out to fight such an adversary as Satan. No, not demon spirits, but as Satan, you think he'd be a bad parent. But he says something that's interesting in that particular text. Uh, in fact, let me read to you. Uh, you know, Peter. Peter said, "You know what? I, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death." He said, I tell you, Peter, you know, you know, Peter think you're ready to fight. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm, I got it. I got this. I got this. And, and look, some of y'all have lived long enough to see somebody think they got something that they really ain't got. I mean, you live long enough to know when some people say they got it, they ain't got it. When they say it, you look in their eyes and say, oh, they ain't ready for this. And see, a lot of people think they're ready for things that they're really not ready for. And he says this in verse 34. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the, ro- the ro- rooster shall not crow this day before you would deny three times that you know me. You think you're ready, but you're going to deny me three times. You're going to deny me three times. In fact, he didn't tell him this, but in the last time it got so bad that Peter started cussing. He cussed so bad, the Bible don't even record his words. You know he was cussing. But something that Jesus said that's almost so, and you almost overlook it if you ain't careful. In verse 32, I have, but I pray for you that your faith should not fail. Okay, well, but this is what he says. And when you have returned to me, after you denied me three times, and after you returned to me, let me say this to you. I love the fact that Peter has been through something 
and now he's going to help somebody else. I love the fact that Peter denied him three times, but yet Peter, Jesus knew that Peter, he might have been whooped, but he's going to return back to him. Some of us have been through trials and tribulations and horrendous trials, horrendous tribulations, and we have returned back to God after we've been through that rough trial and tribulation. Isn't it good? Let me tell you something. I love Jesus, but a lot of stuff Jesus do I can't relate to. I can relate to you because I know you have been through something. See, Jesus made no mistakes. He didn't, he didn't mess up. But see, I know people like us, we mess up. We come up short. We, we don't do it the way we ought to do it. So he said, no, sis. God says, I'm not going to strengthen your brothers. I'm going to use you to strengthen my brothers and my sisters. Cause they can relate to you when they mess up and you mess up. Oh yeah, I know it's like to mess up my brother. I know what it's like to come up short. I know what it's like to cuss and then God restore you back. I know what it's like to be in church walking with Jesus, cussing one minute later, and now you're back with God. And God said, I forgive you. He said, God, I don't even deserve to be forgiven. And God will forgive you and restore you back. And then he said, don't just restore me back now. I want you to go out and find somebody else just like you who messed up, who came up short, who didn't do it right, who, who made mistakes, and help them to get back to the place they need to be in. Because when, when you come back, Peter, after denying me three times, on that third time cussing everybody out, then I want you to come back to me. But when you come back to me, I know you'll learn something now. I know you have, you, you've been through a rough trial, but you've learned something now. You've learned and you're ready to get back to the race again. And many of us have been through a rough trial. We have been through horrendous. That's why I can relate to you. I can relate to you because even though we didn't go through the same exact trial, we went through something very similar. And now we're going to learn how to strengthen one another. I love the fact that we can relate to one another on that ground where we love one another. And so I, I can't be criticizing you because I realize the same God that forgave you, the same God that forgave me. And I know he's best die. I ain't never messed up before. Well, I can't relate to you. You too deep for me. You and Jesus have that conversation. I need to hang with Peter because Peter messed up and now he is in the position to strengthen. He didn't say, he didn't say Peter was perfect. He didn't say Peter had it all together. In fact, Peter just messed up when he says, but strengthen your brothers. Strengthen those that messed up. Strengthen those that came up short. Yeah, I know I'm there for you, Peter, but I want you to go to your brothers and your sisters because they, you got something similar with them that I didn't do. Jesus didn't mess up. He didn't, he did not sin and come short of the glory of God, but we did. We did. And I thank God for people like you and like me who, that when you, when you made it, we can make it together now. You came back and God has helped you. And now we're going to help each other. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to strengthen one another. See, what is good is that when you come back, you don't pray for nobody around you. You don't help nobody around you. You're always so busy worrying about what you're going to get, but you're never helping anybody else. I want to be in a position we strengthen one another. Now, let's go back into this text and look, look a little bit deeper into it. Now, in my opinion, the Lord wanted to convey a specific message to Simon. Why do you say that, Pastor Dove? I don't read or remember reading anywhere else, I should say. It could be enough. I just don't remember reading anywhere else. Where the Lord specifically calls somebody's name twice. Simon, Simon. He wanted to get his attention. I mean, I've, I've read a lot of different scriptures, but I never read anywhere we called somebody's name back to back. I don't remember, I should say, where I read somebody, where he called somebody's name back to back. Simon, Simon. He called it twice. When the Lord is trying to warn you, warn us that the enemy has, uh, has made a request to do harm to us, he loves us enough to call us to, to gain our attention. 
He may not say Richard during the message, but you know he's got your attention. The Holy Spirit is saying, I need you to pay attention to what's been happening here. Because the enemy is after you. And you need to know, I don't need you to just have to conduct business as usual. I need you to, be, you to be ready for when the enemy comes. Now, we can quote, no weapon formed against us shall prosper, but are we living like no weapon formed against us shall prosper? We're talking about the armor of God, but are we strengthening the armor of God? Are we doing what it takes in order to be ready when the Lord gets our attention? We'll make sure that we hear and understand his warnings through the written and revealed word. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. That is a revealed word. You can't, listen, you may not find it written anywhere, but it's a revealed word that was specific for Simon. And it was a revealed word. When God gives us a revealed word, we need to make sure we take heed to what God is saying to us in this sanctuary. That he, we need to understand that Jesus is giving us a warning and we better take heed to it. Now, once we confess Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and walk in that confession, there may be a conversation that goes on about us that is without us. If you live long enough, somebody's going to talk about you. I can't believe they're talking about me. They're going to talk about you. Get over it. Don't lose no sleep about it. People going to talk about you. And now we see that Satan and Jesus are talking about Peter. I wonder how many times has Satan and Jesus talked about us? I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. Hey, I'm not calling for you or you or you. I want that one. He want, I want that one. I don't want John. I don't want uh, Matthew. I want Why they want me? I ain't did nothing. I ain't bothered nobody. You know how people say all that stuff. I ain't bothered nobody. I ain't did nothing. Now some of us, we can't say that. Because we don't bother folks and we don't did stuff. So, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> they call our name. They're like, okay, well, um, you know, well. The thing is, we don't know specifically why they, why they had the conversation about them. But you know what? One thing I do know. God did not stop. The Lord Jesus didn't stop Satan from dealing with him. Let that sink in for a moment. Lord, I want you to get this out of the way. I want you to move it. I want you to do this, that, and the other. Sometimes he'll move it. Sometimes he won't. I, I've saved this point for later, but I'm going to drop this in right now. Sometimes the reason he wants you to deal with it because he wants you to grow up and mature in how to deal with life. Some of us, we act like immature Christians when it comes to deal with trials and tribulation. That's why we keep on going through it again and again, because God wants us to grow up. He wants us to grow up and to make godly decisions and to be in a place that we understand that Jesus is Lord no matter what I go through. If it's a trial, God can still bless me in the middle of a trial. If it's a tribulation, God can still bless me in the middle of my tribulation. And whatever I go through, he's still Lord. And let me tell you something. God can bless you in the middle of a trial just like he blessed you when everything's going well. I can't be blessed because I'm going through. Why not? Some of the greatest blessings you're going to receive is when you're going through. Get out of that. So now, in this case, there was a similar, you, you read something very similar over in the book of Job. Satan had a conversation with Jesus about his plan of action for wanting to sift him. We see it, Simon, Simon, indeed, not, no, not only did Satan have a conversation with, excuse me, with Jesus about Simon, he actually told him what he going to do to him. He told him, I want to sift him. Boy, that's something else right there. If somebody came to you and said they want to sift your child, you're like, well, go on have with them then. Now, most of us are going to try to what? Defend our child. Especially somebody we know who is an opponent. I'm talking about somebody that know how to fight, somebody that know how to steal, kill, and destroy. We're going to say, we're going to do what we can to, def what? to defend our child. Some of us would even give our very life in order to defend our, defend our loved one. But notice what Jesus does. <laughs> he said, 
I see what you're going to do to them. You told me what you're going to do. And this is what you got to understand. There's nothing that can happen to you that Jesus already know about. There's nothing you can't go through that Jesus does not already know about. Before Peter went through it, God knew exactly what was going to happen to Peter. He knew exactly what was going to happen to him even before he went through it. So we notice this. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you. Now, because he sifted him, Jesus understood that his faith was going to be tried. The shifted, notice when God, when you begin to get sifted, it's going to affect your faith. It shouldn't, but it sometimes does. When you're going through a rough trial, in my opinion, the shift would have been detrimental to Simon's faith, his confidence and assurance in Christ, his being steadfast in immovable belief in the written and revealed word. His shifting would have, could have been detrimental to his faith. That's why I believe Jesus said, but I pray for you. Now, you gotta understand something. It does not say that when his sifting was directed toward his faith, but God understood that his sifting could affect his faith. Y'all see the difference there? And when we go through sometimes, that's why some people can go through, it don't, it's like it don't want to affect them that much. Cause why? Their faith is intact after the, after they go through. But some people go through the same exact thing and then their faith is affected. And you have to know where you're at. If my faith is affected, I need to ask myself, God, why am I letting my faith be affected right here? They go through, their child's in their body, they still believe God. I'm challenging my body. I I can't hardly get a, a breakthrough. I, I love God. You just, I'm through with you, God. There's a difference. Now, see, some people go through as a mature Christian. Some people go through as an immature Christian. So now I got to ask myself the question. Am I believing God while I'm going through? Sometimes the enemy wants to get us to deny Jesus in the right situation or circumstance. Now, while we may... While we may chase people, prestige, and things, Satan could be more concerned about us chasing after, he's chasing after our confidence and our trust in the one true God. He does not want us to believe in Jesus. Because if you keep on believing in Jesus long enough, you're going to come through. If you keep on believing in Jesus long enough, you're going to get the breakthrough. If you keep believing in Jesus long enough, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith is going to help us overcome the world. And we must make sure that we're in a position to understand that our faith. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. I'll say this a little bit. Let me get to see you real quickly. Sometimes we just need faith in order to get faith. Sometimes I don't. I mean, I can get through. I'm not strong enough yet. So I need more faith. I need faith to get more faith. The Bible says to give to every man a measure of faith. So I got enough faith to get more faith. If I get enough faith, sooner or later, I'll defeat the enemy that comes my way. You ever notice that sometimes you'll go through a circumstance or a situation, and you may not get through it at first, but you keep on pressing, you keep on pushing, you keep on praying, you keep on fasting, you keep on worshiping, and sooner or later, you're going to get the breakthrough that you've been looking for. Because why? Your faith is being built. Faith come by what? And hearing by what? So as the more we hear the word of God, it changes our way that we look at circumstance and situation. Thank you, Lord. I promise you, I promise you, chances are you will run across something in your life that's going to push your faith to the limit. You will run across something in your job, in your business, in your family, or whatever, that's going to push your faith to the limit. And you got to have an ability to get more faith, to get the faith that you need to overcome the obstacle that you're dealing with. Many of us have been through it before. Many of us have dealt with situations before that we didn't have enough faith when we first dealt with it. But that don't mean you quit. That don't mean you throw in the towel. That means you say, you know what, God, I got to get more faith. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Sometimes you deal, if you're dealing with a sickness sometimes, your faith has to be built up to the point so you overcome that sickness. It's not at the level it needs to be. Nothing wrong with that. Don't blame. Don't get mad. Just understand you got to continue to build your faith up to that next level. 
Now, in this text, the Lord told Peter that Satan had asked for him. He had desired him. He had put a demand on him to put his profession to the love of Jesus on trial. And sometimes I believe that, that the Lord allows us to go through trials to see how much we love him. Not for him, but for us. Sometimes it's not a matter of what God is looking for. It's a matter of what he wants us to learn in the process. I appreciate the fact he loved me enough to teach me along the way. I believe that while Peter had not been granted the keys to the kingdom of God or preached his sermon on the day of Pentecost, the devil saw him as a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And I'm not sure about the keys. I wrote about, I had to double check and I'm not quite sure if the time is quite right because this is Luke 22, almost at the end. But I know this, he hadn't preached on the day of Pentecost yet. He hadn't preached on the day of Pentecost and Satan had asked for him. He hadn't even preached his first sermon yet, especially on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on, on those on the day of Pentecost. But we do know this, he wanted him before he knew who he was. Before Peter became who he was, God, excuse me, Satan had asked for him. Why didn't he ask for one of the other disciples? Sometimes you got to ask yourself, why am I going through and nobody else around me is going through? Sometimes you got to, you know, this ain't fair, God. Why am I dealing with this and seem like nobody else is dealing with this? You got to ask yourself that question sometimes. Where, are you special? Tell your neighbor, yes, I am. <clears throat> we have to gain knowledge and understanding. That the enemy is more concerned about the call of God in our lives in the future than he is about the temporary trials that we're dealing with at the moment. We need to understand that, that he's more concerned about our future. And some of you, the fight is not about today. The fight is about your future. Some of you are been going through trial after trial after trial, and the enemy is not even concerned about what you're dealing with right now. You know why he's dealing with money right now? Because God, he, know, he knows that God wants to give you money one day. You know why he's dealing with you? Because when you, when you start praying, they, you say, he don't want you to pray because he knows when you pray, something's going to happen. You know why he's dealing with you the way he's dealing with you? Because you are a threat to his kingdom. Oh, good God Almighty. Tell you never, you are a threat to his kingdom. You are a threat to his kingdom. And I believe he saw Peter as a threat to his kingdom. Just like he sees you as a threat to his kingdom. Satan wanted to sift Peter. He said, Peter, I, uh, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked you, why do he want you? Why does he want me, uh, Lord? Because he wants to sift you as wheat. Now, this is what you got to understand about that text. When he says sift you as wheat, it don't mean you're going to be wheat. It means he's going to sift you as wheat. That means when you come out, you're going to be Sometimes we see wheat is a valuable commodity back in that day. He says sift you as wheat. Not that you're going to be wheat when the sifting finished. And we need to understand there's a big difference between becoming wheat after the sifting or being sifted to the point, don't even recognize you to the point anymore. Remember when Jesus was beat on Calvary and we see the pretty, pretty picture of Jesus' head on the cross? That's not how he really looked. He looked the Bible said you couldn't even really recognize his face because it was beat to, to that particular point. Let me tell you something. I've seen a lot of people beat up before, but I've never seen somebody I did not recognize after I saw him. That is a bad position to be in. So he wanted to shake him, agitate him to the point that his faith was overthrown. He wanted to shake his trust in Jesus to the point that he would begin to see his labor for God as useless and without benefit. That he labored for God, his labor was going to be in vain. See, the enemy would like to agitate us with worry. When you find yourself worrying a lot, that's the enemy trying to agitate you. Now, you even know something by agitation in a washer, that's a very powerful process. So when you're being agitated, something's going to be shaking in your life. And this is what you got to understand. God will not always stop the agitation that comes on in your life. You trying to rebuke the devil, you were saying, God, please stop this agitation. Because you're going to be agitated sooner or later. Oh, look how y'all looking at me. 
Some of your own people that live in your household will agitate you. Mm-hmm. Don't look, don't look, don't look, then look at me. I know he was saying, I, I know he's talking about you right now. I know it. Because you agitate me. Sometimes co-workers will agitate you. Sometimes fellow schoolmates will agitate you. People, bills will agitate you. Bills will agitate you. Having groceries on the table will agitate you. Looking in the cupboard and saying, I don't want this no more. Agitated. Sometimes people call you. You look at the phone, you're like, oh, God. This is your, do I, should I answer? Oh, God. Because what? They agitate you. You got to understand, agitation is real. God ain't stopping agitation to come in your life. I mean, you look at the text. He didn't stop with Peter. And Peter wrote a book in the Bible. What about you? In 2018, God is warning us that when we deal with agitation, we got to have the right attitude when we deal with it. We can't be talking about the devil's a lie and everybody else. No, you deal with it. Keep on moving. Have the right mindset. Mature and grow up when you deal with agitation. He's going to use worry, anger. Some people own anger get them agitated. Jealousy, insecurities, financial pressure, frustrations. What people frustrate you, life frustrates you, your car frustrates you. Your own car that you ride in every day, when it don't act right, can frustrate you. And that light come on in it, you know the one. That light, that light, yeah, that light can agitate you. That gas light can agitate you and care. This I put gas in the car. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I got, I got a real folks in it. I need some real folks here. I need some real folks that be agitated by stuff. Cause that, that, soon as the gas light come on, then somebody gonna ask you for some money. I, so you got what? The, how much gas I put in and then they want money for this, that, and the other and so forth. Agitated. That's why we need Jesus, y'all. That's why we need Jesus. These things come so that we're no longer steadfast and immovable in Christ. He wants to overthrow us in our minds so that we will begin to think, talk, and act in a manner that would suggest that serving Jesus does not bring a great reward. And many times, agitation comes to get you off focus of what God wants to do in your life. So I'm gonna, let, let me, oh, let's be real. I'm going to break it down right now. I'm going to go ahead and put it right here on the table. Sometimes church people can agitate you. Can I be real? Can I, can, y'all, y'all will get mad if I say this with you. Sometimes your very own pastor can agitate you. So can I be real with y'all? Sometimes you as members agitate me too. So we all right? Pastor, I don't believe you said that. I'm going to leave church. I ain't coming back no more. Agitated. <laughs> but see, it's trying to get you off track for what God wants to do in your life. Can I be real with y'all? See, I don't think I'm really real with y'all. I think y'all are saved, but I think y'all are saving up. Much as I love this one around, sometimes she will agitate me. I'm going to ask you about your spouse. I'm just going to talk about mine, all right? Much as I love that little girl back there. Hey, she ain't no little bitch. All right, she a little, little woman right there. She will agitate me. But you know what? I can't let that get me off focus of being a blessing in her life, being a blessing in her life, and letting God do what he does in our life. You can't let a little small agitation make you make a lifetime decision. Boy, that dropped down from heaven right there, boy. Y'all see that? But that, that, boom! That about to knock me over right there. Woo! <laughs> Man, if I had the mic, I'd just leave right there. Boom! That's it, y'all. Amen. <laughs> I got to finish this up. Got to finish this up. So, we can't let it get us off track. We're shaking our faith. It's easy to move out of the will of God. We see that's very true. Now, Jesus could have rebuked the enemy right then. Satan has desire. Well, get him, God. 
Satan could have whooped, Jesus could have whooped Satan right there on the spot. As soon as he asked for Peter, he could have said, boom, there it is. You didn't get him. And I wish sometimes when Jesus talked, I mean, when Satan talked to, to Jesus about me, he said, don't you mess with him no more. Don't you get his money no more. Don't be challenging his body no more. Don't be giving him things going through his mind no more. Leave Richard alone. But no, that ain't what Jesus got to say. No. <laughs> I be saying on it. I be saying go get Because I'm praying for that if faith don't fail. That ain't what I want to hear, God. Let me be real. And that ain't what I want to hear. I want to say, God, just protect Richard. Lord, get, give him plenty of money. Get his body right. Do what you got to do, God, so he has peace and prosperity. No. I got to I gotta, I gotta be shifted some more. Make sure my faith is where it needs to be here. Make sure I'm praying and fasting and giving. And I, treat y'all right. Praying for y'all. Praying for y'all. I got to do right by y'all, even though I don't know if you're doing right by me or not. I don't know. He didn't ask me, were y'all doing right by me? He said, am I doing right by you? Because Jesus always doing right by me. He want me to sow those same seeds out that he's sowing into my life. He didn't want me to sow your seeds out. He want me to sow his seeds out. Oh, did you get that was good right there. Because we start sowing other people's seeds out, it could be, oh, God. It, it, I'm, mm, well, that, that, we'll leave that there. But when God does right by you, you can't help but do right by other folks. Even though that, that's why he says pray for those that despitefully use you and do a matter of harm against you. Because why? He's doing, always doing right by you. So you got to always get these seeds in your life. That's why it's important that we get the revealed and written word in our lives. Because I'm going to treat you right regardless of how you treat me. You ever notice that uh, uh, I'm going to see people in my household know they're going to be fed. They're going to have lights on. They're going to have air conditioning or heat, whatever the case may be. They ain't going to worry about their car. going to make sure they're taken care of. Because why? God do the same for me. I don't look for that. I look for God to do it. Because if God don't do it for me, I can't do it for them. Y'all seeing the difference? Because I, he's my source, not them my source. Them source might so get, you know, my daughter young, y'all. She might spend the money in a different way that I'm more to spend it. Y'all follow what I'm saying here? But I know God's going to take care of me. So in turn, I'll take care of her. Are y'all seeing what God's doing in our lives? While we're being shifted, he's taking care of us. He's providing every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's healing our bodies. He's providing prosperity for us. He's doing great things in our life. He's doing exceedingly, abundantly, above anything we ask or think according to the power that's working in us, even in the midst of agitation. I, I know it's, it's a simple, natural example, but how many have ever been agitated and still ate? God, this is something ain't real. So, what do you mean, Pastor? You were hungry? You didn't care if you agitated or not. You still stopped by the store and got you a burger. I'm mad about, I'm going to eat. <laughs> I've been throwing these wings down. I might be mad at everybody in the house. I may not bring a wing home, but I gave you <laughs> Woo! All right. That ain't the right thing to do, y'all. Y'all need, y'all need to bring some wings home to the rest of your family. And don't be throwing them out the window <laughs> before you get home because <laughs> they agitate you. Hallelujah. The cake I got last week. Well, if I was agitated, nobody would have got that cake except me. <laughs> because I love my family. Hallelujah. Right. Got a few more minutes left. Let's, let's go through this. Jesus can rebuke the enemy, but he prayed. Now, prayer, this prayer is interesting to me because I never saw prayer like this before. He prayed for them. He asked for what they needed in order to stay in faith. So if they need to hear a word, that's what he asked for. If they need an angel to come, that's what he asked for. Whatever you need to stay in faith, that's what God gives us. Because he can't, listen, no use in giving me a car if it's going to take me out of faith. No use in me dealing with this, that, and the other 
got a raise promotion, but I can't be in the house of God to get knowledge and understanding. I need a word because man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I need a word. I can't live without a word. My God, my life would be so much, it'd be worse off what if I don't have the word in my life. So he said, I'm going to give you what you need in order to stay in faith. That's why prayer is critical when dealing with the enemy because the devil is a spirit. We see in the text that the Lord is not going to remove some situations from our life because we must learn how to mature and deal with them as mature Christians. He could have stopped Satan from coming. But he ain't going to remove Satan every time he comes up against you. How do you know, Pastor Doc? He just showed, he did the same thing for Peter. Now, if he didn't move for Peter, I don't know who we think we are. Peter walked with him. Peter wrote 1 Peter and 2 Peter. We are trying to get to that level. And so now you want him to remove what you're going through? I'm glad it got quiet. I'm glad y'all listening for you. I know. It's tough right here. But this will help us, though. This kind of message right here will help us. Because we would not be crying over every little thing that comes our way. We're getting at the job. We won't be fussing about nonsense. In the church, not complaining about this, that, and the other. And our home, messing up our family because we're complaining about stuff. I thought they've been saved. They've been saved for years. Why can't they just let it go? Sometimes we mess our own family up acting in the flesh. Hallelujah. Go to Ephesians 6 and 12. Read as follows. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Every day we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you be able to withstand in the evil day, cause it the evil day, and that having done all to stand, stand. Now he could remove the darkness, principalities, and so forth, but he chooses not to. He gives us power to stand. Everybody see that in the text? Gives you power to stand. Now, let me say this to you. I still want you to ask him to move it. But if you don't move it, it ain't going to bother you. Y'all seeing the difference right there? God, move it out of my life. He don't move it. I'm not leaving Christ because he don't move stuff. I'm not going to stop giving because he don't move stuff. I'm not going to stop worshiping because he won't move stuff. In fact, I'm going to worship him the more. Good God Almighty. I'm going to praise him the more. I'm going to give him the glory the more. Because if, if I'm dealing with it, that means I'm going to come through it. Notice how Peter came through. What Even though he denied Jesus three times, cussed everybody out the third time, he still came through it. And when he came through it, he strengthened his brethren. So now, John revealed to us that the enemy is a thief and he comes with a purpose to steal, kill, and destroy, based on John 10.10. We have to understand that as believers, we must be ready and willing to fight in the spiritual realm when it comes to our faith in God. Now, this Lord specifically prayed that Peter's faith would not fail. It wouldn't quit, it wouldn't cease, it wouldn't stop. Which indicates to me that your faith can quit. And you ain't got to be real deep to know that, let me, I, I'm not going to ask y'all to raise y'all hand. I'm going to raise my hand. My faith has quit. It has stopped. It has ceased. It don't quit. It quit at inopportune times too as well. But one thing about it, when I repented and asked God to help me, he got me back on track. So that's why I can relate to folks saying, you know what, Pastor, I, I felt like quitting. Yeah, I can relate to. I have to. See, Jesus ain't got that testimony. He never, he never quit. I know he went to the cross, but really said, not my will, but your will be done. But I'm talking about folks like us who got, want to quit a job. We tell the folk, man, forget all y'all. But if I had about two or three more million, y'all would not see me up in him. Because I ain't going through all this stress for none of y'all up here. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little sidetracked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, right? Sorry. I mean, to get caught up right there. 
Don't want to have to deal with mortgage folks. Don't want to have to deal with landlord folks. Man, every time your if, man, man, you get the money, if your car messed up, leave it on the side of the road, go buy you another. I ain't been fooled with you. They say a thousand dollars. Please buy me another car. <laughs> They're going because you got that kind of money. But you you dealing with where you at right now? Because if you don't understand where you at right now, you get frustrated. You get mad at God. I mean, you can take let me tell you something. You can take medicine for a while, and you think that medicine gonna go, and you be still challenging that thing months later. That can mess with your mind. You need to have a relationship with Jesus to understand that, hey, this is real what I'm dealing with right here. This is real. Hold on. Give me just a few minutes here. I believe that Jesus understood that we can get to a place that our confidence in him can get shaken, that we will stop believing and trusting in him. The Lord also knew that sometimes we need the ability to trust Jesus to give us divine directions to defeat the enemy. We need divine direction. Because when the enemy is coming at you like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against him. Thank God he knows how to raise a standard. Because the enemy will come against not only you, but your family. And we talked about this earlier. He'll use people to get at you. No, y'all, somebody should have said amen right there. Boy, if the enemy ain't never used somebody to get to you, I mean, said something to you, sent you a text. I know they sent me that text right there. And some of y'all are so quick to respond. I'm going to tell you a quick story about my wife. This, this is nothing bad, nothing bad. But one day, somebody said something, and, I, and they included me in the text, and they met my wife in there. I said, oh, Lord, she's going to respond back in no time flat. <laughs> when, I, when I saw it come across, I, I read it. I said, oh, God. <laughs> when I saw it, I said, Lord, they didn't say that to my wife. No, they didn't. <laughs> of all the people you said, say it to me. Don't say it to her. <laughs> as soon as they said it, I said, it will be, I can't get my finger up that hard, hard to read the text. <laughs> say it. <laughs> you got to know them that labor among you. <laughs> Don't be sending foolish stuff to some people because they will cut you off. Now, she, she, she handles stuff a lot better than I do. She said, you don't need to respond. I said, okay, all right. I won't this time because I know me. You got to know yourself. Sometimes I just don't respond to some stuff because you don't respond, you may not like my response. Then I got to call you back and call, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings and all that kind of stuff. Just don't do it in front of me. You'll be all right. <laughs> Let's finish this up, y'all. Good God Almighty. I'm sorry, dear, but that, I, that was just a good, I just I had to give that to them because that was a good one. Prayer changes things, y'all. I mean, no prayer changes things. My God, it does. Jesus knew that prayer could protect Simon, but also could, also would strengthen, establish him, establish someone else in faith, help to become firm and fixed in Jesus. So notice what he says. When you're returned to me, you return after you denied me three times. Now you're back, Peter. I want you to strengthen your brother. I know you've been through a rough trial. I know you messed up, Peter. I know you came up short. I know, listen, if you could do it again, I don't know if you would do it the same way. You might, you might do it differently. You messed up, Peter. But Peter, you repent, you come back. Some of us, we just need to get our act back together and repent and ask God to forgive us. And when we're strengthened, we need to strengthen somebody else. Therefore, when I make it back, I'm not just going back by myself. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. Yeah, I messed up. But this time I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. Because I know you're sometimes weak too. Come on. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. This thing, I, stay right there. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. I got saved. I'm not going to be saved by myself. Praising God in church by myself. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. See, some of us, after we get delivered, we don't go get nobody. 
I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. I'm not going to leave you out there. I'm coming to get you. When I made it back, I'm not just coming back by myself. I'm not just going to, I see you out there. Oh, you're going to be all right by yourself. No, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. I got to ask the question. Who we went to get? Who we went to get? Are we so busy after we get back? Ooh, I made it back, y'all. Child, that was something else out there. I tell you what, them, them, them soldiers out there was a mess, boy. Woo! They been so bad, got me cussing out there. I know, I know we don't cuss, y'all, but you know, I evidently I forgot how to. So, I know that. Y'all seeing that? Cause when Peter went out there, he messed up. But one thing about Peter, he got back. And God knew he would. And he said, when you get back there, don't go by yourself. Bring somebody with you. Bring somebody with you. When I got back, I'm bringing others back with me. Are y'all seeing that? Are y'all seeing that? Because I want them to be established in the faith. I want them to be healed. I want them to be delivered. I want them to prosper as well. I ain't selfish with, my, with God's prosperity. He got plenty to go around. God can deliver us from anything. God can heal us from anything. And God can uh, protect us, heal us, deliver us. He's got the power to do it. And don't they deserve to go to heaven too? I mean, you're the only one going to be in heaven, are you? By yourself? Go and pray God when I get up there. Whoosh, shot, 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 shot. Better when you're praising with somebody else. Are y'all saying that? All right, thank y'all so much, brothers. Thank y'all so much. Let's finish this real quickly. You're going to strengthen, establish them in the faith, help them become firm and fixed in Jesus so that he could be equipped to help someone else dealing with their faith being shaken. In closing, I believe that the Lord Jesus wants us to make it through trials and tribulations that have been designed by the devil to agitate our faith in a manner that would try to move us from our set place in God. The enemy will try to move you from your set place, but you got to remain steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We must use prayer as a weapon as, to help us make it as well as a tool to help us assist others in making it. Our victory is sealed in our faith according to 1 John 5 and 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, which is the main reason that our faith must be valuable to us as it is to the enemy. He wouldn't come after our faith if it wasn't valuable to him, and it must be valuable to us as well. Remember, again, I made it so that we can make it. I made it so that we Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.